the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 29 of the Free Indeed Podcast. So I uh, believe God is still allowing me to be able to do a um, biblical look at freedom. And uh, I was praying and asking God, what about the rest of the Old Testament? You know, that that big event that we talked about last episode around the Exodus. And um, I really encourage you to read that. That is the best example in all of Scripture in terms of um, a whole nation being freed. And it plays into so much else that happens for the rest of Scripture. Um, And there's so many different themes around the Exodus in Scripture. slavery and also freedom. So what ultimately I'm kind of discovering, of course, is that freedom is individual. And whether or not a person finds him or herself as a slave, literally uh, and physically, freedom does start on the inside. And the, the Psalms to me are a beautiful place where we have, most of them are written by a king who obviously was not a slave, and not many of them, in fact, were written by, I don't think any were written by slaves. Some were written in during the exodus, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, exile, which happened, of course, later in uh, the history of Israel, if you know. And that's very few of them, actually. Um, most of them, though, are, are definitely from the heart of an individual. And a lot of the Psalms are written as um, worship, and they, they should go with music, Um and a beautiful psalm that I have enjoyed a lot through the years is uh, the 119th psalm. So if you're uh, at all familiar with the psalms, you know that the 119th psalm is the longest of all of the, the psalms. Uh, I believe there are 176 verses in it. No, yeah, 176 verses. And the, um, just so if, you're, if you wanted to know this, the, the psalm is a um, psalm based on the Hebrew alphabet, actually. And for every um, seven verses, there is um, an acrostic, if you will, of the, if, you, if you're able to see the, uh, the psalm in, in Hebrew, every seven verses would have, would begin with the, the um, letter of that Hebrew alphabet, of the part of the Hebrew alphabet. That's why you see, if you're looking at Psalm 119, the uh, various, uh, you might even see the Hebrew characters. I know in the New International Version, they actually have that. I uh, like to read from the English Standard Version these days. And Aleph is the beginning. Uh, Beth is the next one. Aleph, Beth. And you can see the parallels in Gimel and the, on through the alphabet. And uh, it's pretty fascinating to me. I did take some Hebrew when I was in college and uh, and also a little bit in seminary because I had to make up for it. Um, and uh, I just I loved studying the, the Hebrew. And anyway, it was a, a memory tool to help memorize Scripture. And if you were a... You grew up in a Hebrew household, you would have memorized a huge chunk of the Hebrew Bible, and the Psalms made it easy for uh, people memorizing the Bible to be able to do that using these tools. So that's kind of some backdrop as to this 119th Psalm, um, being able to, to learn them more. But a theme for the Psalm is a, it's a fascinating look at the law of God. There are many different words used, um, a few, I should say, words used for the law. And if you just, I'm going to randomly pluck a couple of verses here. I'm going to go to a couple of verses um, on purpose here, but I wanted to just 
kind of give you some context around, you know, what's important about um, this for the psalm, for the reader, for for us today. And uh, there are different ways that it's expressed uh, in terms of the law. So you've got uh, word is one way that it is used. Of course, law is used. Commandments is used. Um, rules is used, the word rules. Um, commandments again. Testimonies is another one. Statutes are another one. And there are just various, just like in English, we have uh, synonyms for the same meaning. Hebrew had some of that same thing, and it's just fascinating to me, the, the use of language. So, but the power of the 119th Psalm is around, um, as I was just saying, you know, the various ways that we can learn to keep the law. So the paradox of freedom is, biblical freedom, is the freedom of obedience, the freedom of obedience. There is a powerful paradox that says, the more we obey God, the freer we are. So in our last podcast, I, I brought up how you we can take the yoke of Christ to have an easy and light burden. And I believe that easy and light burden is simply a response to our living in line with what God wants for us. Do you know what it feels like to have a clear conscience? Do you know what it feels like to come to God, ask him to show you your sin? And I'm talking after, this is after walking with God for some time. It's not going to happen early in your relationship with God, and I'm talking from experience. But when you come to God and you ask God to show you your sin, that's part of the practice of being a disciple of Christ. And you just wait patiently for God to show you, what is it that I need to confess since the last time I confessed to you? Whether you do it every morning or more than once in a day, how does it feel to come to God and just say, Lord, I, I don't have any specific deeds, sins, or you know, things that I need to confess that I've done wrong? Because God has been working in our lives to create that freedom of obedience, that freedom that comes with a clear conscience. Now, there's more to that little moment that says, obviously, we can't ever come to God without needing to be purified anyway. We live in a world saturated with sin, and that's all we know. It kind of reminds me of the little illustration I've heard, that there is a couple of fish hanging out in the water, swimming along, having a great little conversation. Younger fish, and then an older fish comes by in the opposite direction, looks at him and says, how's the water, boys? Keeps on going. The two fish kind of pause and stop and look at each other, and one looks at the other and says, what's water? And the point is, you don't know what you're in until someone points it out, right? And so we, we kind of don't get that we need uh, we need to obey God. There needs to be a holiness at work in our lives. And all of it is underpinned with the grace of God and the love of God that just flows from his heart down to us into our lives. And so, again, I'm going to just highlight a couple of places, actually just a few verses here in Psalm 119, just to kind of point this out, okay? So if you want to follow along, I'm, I'm going to read... Um, from Psalm 119 and verse, verses 9, uh, 10, and 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin 
against you. And let me start with the end there on verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If it's stated in the Bible of the possibility of not sinning against God, then it needs to be uh, known that it is possible to happen. I want you to, to let that sink in. That I might not sin against you. If it's stated there that it is possible, then that is the life that we can live, my friends. You can come to God with a clean conscience. You can walk this life with a clean conscience. You can walk in your day-to-day living with a mind that is free because you have in you have obeyed God. You have not sinned against God. In verse 10, with my whole heart do I seek you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. The idea is the kind of this um this uh, picture of guardrails, if you will. If you're, if you've ever been on a mountain road, I've been driving up mountain roads before here in Colorado, where you're doing, you know, you're going up these switchbacks, right, and you end up going pretty high up. Um, you can drive to the summit of uh, Mount Evans here in Colorado. You can drive to the summit of Pikes Peak here in Colorado, and you get up um, pretty high up above the tree line. And you got these views that just amaze you, and it's of course tempting as you're driving to look out. You want to stop first before you start looking. But some some of the roads don't have guardrails, but a lot of them do. Um, the guardrails are there for, for a reason, right? I think, and I kind of believe that the illustration is such that God's given us freedom to live within these guardrails. That is our freedom. The guardrails are represented in the Bible as his commandments. The commandments that we should live by are where we find our freedom. And I, the verse says, with my whole heart, I seek you. And I think that's an important piece to this. It's not with my intellectual abilities or my logical agreement or my rational thinking, right? We're seeing here a call to heart living. It is a place where we come and we obey God from the deepest places of our souls, because that is where our hearts uh, dwell. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The idea here is that we have stored up God's word deep within us so that when we do need him, we can find, um, find that freedom. And so verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? And how indeed... If you are a young man listening to this, I wish I was a young man listening to myself 30-something years ago now. And I wish somebody would have told me back in the day or asked this question, do you want to keep yourself pure? I think all of us want to keep ourselves pure. We want to be pure. I think we want to, we want to have peace of mind in a purity that brings us to a place of happiness and joy. And ultimately, that's where we're, what we're seeking, a peace, happiness, and joy. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can he keep his mind clear of the terrible things that sin brings, that slavery brings? Well, the rest of the verse, by guarding it according to your word. So that paradox remains alive. You don't want to be a slave. You can't be 
I suppose, pure if you're a slave in your mind. And you, and you want to live a life of freedom. What is this true life of true freedom but living within the guard rails, the guard of God's word, with God's whole heart that we seek him and stored up words in the heart? That is why we need a deep reading of the word of God. That is why we need to not just cursory read the stories, which, yes, we need to read the stories of the word, but we need to spend time with it. We need to spend time with it. And we need it to be a part of us. I don't think it's just meaning that we memorize. I, may, I believe it, it means that we have the word as part of our very existence. That the word of God becomes a part of us to where we can live in complete freedom and make choices day in and day out within God's bounds of his, obedient, his uh, commandments, his statutes, his laws, his testimonies, as Psalm 119 says over and over again. If we live our life with those in mind, that is where the true freedom comes from. So I would encourage you to read Psalm read Psalm 119. It is a beautiful place. It's a song that goes on for a long time. I, uh, once upon a time, um, to help me memorize some of the Bible, I did, uh, and I definitely would encourage this. I'm kind of going off here a little bit on the freedom thing, but I memorized um, Psalm 18. I'm sorry, I I rhymed Psalm 18 so that I could try to memorize some of it. Actually went through the Psalm, Psalm Psalm 18, and I um, rhymed it. I took it and and rhymed it in English, and I gave it a kind of a meter. Um, I'm probably not a musician to have done it well enough. But it's uh, it's Psalm 18 is, I believe, 50-something verses. I'm going to flip back here in my, my own Bible. And it was a little bit of a task. It took me a while to do it. It's been a while actually since I've done it, probably a good uh, near near 10 years. Yeah, there are 50 verses in Psalm 18. And I used it, I did this in a way to help me better understand the, the word for myself. The, the exercise of um, taking those words and making them my own for one thing and hearing what God said in them for another, but then also getting into the mind of the writer uh, for what that meant. It just helped me get a deeper appreciation of the of the word and and the psalms, of course, these words in the psalms, and um, it is to me um, a great way. If you if you're looking for a relatively simple, but even sometimes fun way to explore the Bible and to grow yourself as a Christian, um, go to the psalms and paraphrase them in your own words. And then after I had done that long before I rhymed out Psalm 18, um, but I um, have I kept a journal of the paraphrasing of some psalms. I did a number of them years ago, and I really believe that it's a great exercise to take the word, put it into your heart, so that you can live that life of freedom that God has called us to. Well, back to uh, Psalm 119. Um, I found a beautiful spot here that. Uh, I don't know, it really does speak here to the modern mind of, of guys, especially. And this is, this is my audience. This is our audience for this podcast is guys who need freedom from pornography. And look, listen to this. This is in Psalm, again, 119, verse 37 in a couple after. Turn my eyes from looking at worth, worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn me away. I'm sorry. Turn away the reproach that I dread. 
for your rules are good. This is powerful. When I first read this, I realized, turn my eyes from looking at worthless, worthless things. How um, descriptive of what it means to be looking at pornography, right? If there's anything that is worthless for us to be looking at, it's pornography. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Can you see what the search um, for is happening underneath when it comes to seeking out porn? Why is porn? This is a great question to ask ourselves. Why is porn such a draw? What is it? Is it the excitement? Is it how it feels good? I think it's deeper than that. I think it is because we want true living. We want true life. We want true intimacy. In pornography, the IP mistress is never going to give us that. And it says, give me life. How? In your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Now, interestingly enough, that's verse 38. Confirm to your servant. A servant a slave, and I would venture a guess that the Greek version of the Old Testament called the Septuagint uses a word that is also used in the New Testament, doulos. A doulos was a servant, a bond servant, a slave. And we're going to pick this theme back up here in uh, another look at what freedom is in the Bible. But confirm to your servant, your slave, your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach. Let me go back again to this. We are God's servant when we are free. We are God's servant and slave when we are obeying him, therefore living in freedom. In verse 39, turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Turn away the reproach that I dread. What is the reproach that you would dread if you got caught in a pornography habit or addiction? Huh? What is that? Why fear it? Because it's not something we are proud of. It's something we are ashamed of. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things like pornography. Give me life in your ways. Give me true life, God. True freedom. And as your servant, confirm your promise to me so that you may be feared. God, we want to obey you, not from a place of fear, but of love. But we want to know that you are the God of the universe. And when we talk to you, we are addressing the God who is above all. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Consider that for a minute. Your rules are good. Have you ever thought about God's rules and his commandments in that way? They are good. They are good for us to live in. The reason why, listen to this, listen to me. The reason why God's rules are good is because that is our true freedom. Living it with a free conscience, as Jesus said, as we looked at last time, Matthew 11 is a burden that is light. It is not a burden that is heavy. It is not a burden that we can carry. Uh, that It's not a burden that weighs us down. Get that. The burden that weighs us down is the yoke of slavery that is pornography in our lives. That burden of disobedience and the resulting shame and guilt and manipulation and trying to live a double life, all of that is a burden. Imagine living your life without that burden. Imagine living your life and seeing God's rules and reading those Ten Commandments and seeing that these are true living. That's what this is 
referring to. That is what we're talking about here. Your true living happens when you are obeying God. Finally, I want to kind of paint a picture here as we um, just take a little bit more out of Psalm 119, but not just yet. I want to paint a picture. You want to find freedom. You want to get to that place where there is light, where there is hope, where there is a joy, where your obedience comes as naturally as the sun rising, where true living happens. You long for it. You want it. And it seems like it's out of reach. And I'm telling you, my friends, it's not out of reach, okay? What is it going to take to get there? What is it going to take for you to find that joy, that freedom in living? Imagine you are walking in the dark. Imagine you just are trying to get somewhere, but you're stumbling. Your freedom is so close. You know it's there. And yet, you need help. You're listening to this podcast and you're getting some help. But here is a place, Psalm, 10, uh, Psalm uh, 119, and this is probably the, one of the favorite verses in all of the Psalms, but then Psalm 119, of course. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Friends, what path are you on? Are you on a path that brings you toward freedom? Do you need to worry about that very next step or do you need to worry about getting through the whole entire valley? And I'm going to suggest you just need to worry about that very next step. The original meaning of this, your word is a lamp. A few weeks ago, I was in California at a college my son was taking a look at and we were in their archaeology department. And it was so cool to see... um, something like four different versions of lamps. And we found they had collections of them and there were lamps that were from Abraham's time. So we're talking 2000 BC lamp, the old lamps that were that old all the way up to uh, time of Jesus. And there are, it's fascinating the different styles because we get this glimpse over, you know, a couple thousand years of how the lamp styles changed. These lamps though, were never more than, um, uh, clay, hardened clay with oil in them and a wick sticking out of one of the corners. Just imagine you had a candle. That's pretty much what it was. It was the light of a candle lighting your way. That's it. So don't picture a flashlight. Don't picture a headlamp. Don't picture a car headlight as you're traveling down a road or something. Um, another story for me is years ago, a number of years ago, I hiked Long's Peak here in Colorado along the Front Range. And we had to um, start. you got to start that hike at 2 a.m., and uh, we're hiking in the dark, uh, middle of August, so it was summer, it was beautiful, gorgeous, no wind whatsoever, as calm as could be. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I wonder how many mountain lions are watching us right now. Anyway, um, we get out of the tree line, and we're uh, walking along with our headlamps. Basically, uh, all I can see was what's in front of me. That's kind of the idea here. There's even less light with a uh, lamp that we're talking about from Bible time. Right, and so you literally could only see that very next step. But what I remember on my on this hike was um, when we got out of the tree line, you could look up, and there were all these little groups of lights that you could see traveling up the paths that were ahead of us. And you could see um, just it looked like, if I remember right, I mean we're talking five years ago here, um, probably I don't know a dozen different little groupings of headlamps out there in the dark. Um, and it was a blessed moment when the sun started coming up and uh, we could finally see. But we were five hours hiking in the dark, basically, with just our headlamps 
Um, and another, well, I guess I won't bore you with another hiking story. Uh, but I ended up on the opposite end of the day with another hike, uh, that was my most epic hike that I've ever done, um, without flashlights. So I'll just leave it at that. If you're interested, please email me Mike at menrestored.com or Mike at free indeed. Just go with Mike at menrestored.com. And, uh, if I'll tell you the story, on another podcast, um, but anyway, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Imagine you're trying to get to that freedom. You are trying to get to that mountaintop that is freedom, where you can breathe in that fresh air. Up here in Colorado, when you get to 14,000 feet, there isn't a lot of air, but oh, it's so nice to be up there and feeling the wind in your face and looking out over that landscape and seeing the mountaintops. You're above all the rest of them because you're up at the highest peaks here in Colorado at 14,000 feet. And it's just amazing, worth every bit of sweat and painful steps and uh, burning legs. Um, when you get to that place, you feel truly free. And I love the idea of God's word being a lamp for our feet. And so all of this is kind of a metaphor for this idea of getting us to this place of freedom. What does it take to get you there? And I'm suggesting to you right now that the word of God is the very best place that will get you to that freedom. And if you don't start anywhere else, hey, just read Psalm 119. Read it, meditate on it, think about it, even memorize it if you need to. But this is a beautiful place to go. The word tells us plainly we can obey, there can be freedom, and your life can be a life that is true living when it comes to freedom. So I hope you like this little bit here. I think I'm done with the Old Testament. I can't think of any other places in the Old Testament when it comes to talking about freedom, but I think... And it doesn't explicitly say it here in Psalm uh, 119, but I really think it's important for us to get that there is a true freedom in obedience, okay? And I want to differentiate, and I've talked about this a couple of times, but um, there is there is obedience and then there's temptation, right? Being tempted is not a sin. If you are being tempted to look at pornography and you still have a desire to look at pornography, that is not a sin, Okay. The desire to want intimacy is the deeper desire here, right? God doesn't want us to be robbed of our desires. Desires come from him. It's the fact that our desires have been brought in the wrong direction. They're, they self, uh, the, the part of sin and the part that enslaves us is that we only want what we want. We only want I only want what I want. And I only want my own freedom. I, I, I realize I can't be free for you, right? You need to have your own freedom. But you know what? Freedom is not just for you. That is another key to this. Your obedience, but your freedom is not just for you. We teach that very plainly in our class, um, week six. You get find this freedom. You learn how to find this freedom. And you turn around and you tell another guy about this freedom and this joy that you have found. That, to me, is um, the ultimate and best path when it comes to freedom moving you to another place to help the next guy. Your obedience will change your world and change your life. Your freedom will mean freedom for your son, your daughter, your family in ways that you can hardly understand, even now. And I I believe this. I speak from experience. Doors will open for you when obedience happens. God blesses obedience. It doesn't mean God is some cosmic vending machine. I do this, God does that. That's not how it works. If the trend of our living is a trend of obedience and a trend of freedom living with a free and clear conscience, God will be free to do so much more with you. That's the invitation, and I wish that upon you right now. 
And I thank you for listening again to the Free Indeed Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed Podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.